Today I'm joined by Marianne Dehan, who grew up in a small town in the Netherlands. She was raised by a Dutch father and an American mother, together with their little brother. She has a bachelor's in industrial engineering and a master's in international business. Relocated to Dubai for his work. So she started working as an account manager who would support with particular trainings and her passion and fascination with agriculture grew. She is now a working mother with two dogs, two turtles and a horse with an expanding family. She is the founder of Marianne's Fresh Produce, where they are committed to bringing the Dubai chef the greatest variety of special products grown locally at their farm through sustainable methods. They grow a large variety of innovative products that help chefs bring their dishes to the next level. Product range from edible flowers to microgreens and speciality leaves. They ensure the highest level of quality through their unique growing method. Thank you so much for joining us today, Marianne. Can you please tell us a little bit about your background? Okay, um, so, well, first of all, I'm from the Netherlands, and as you might be aware, it's a very um agriculture like we have very developed agriculture in our country so it's everywhere um <clears throat> it's very efficient and it's very far developed but although i always liked like nature or outdoors or growing stuff we had like a little um how you say that a little vegetable patch or a little orchard we would go to with my dad growing up it was not something i necessarily saw i could make a career in um, also, I felt like that's more if you are from a farming family, because they're usually huge and very efficient operations. But it was something I found fascinating also always because I also love food and how you grow your food. This is where uh, water use, energy use, health, it all comes together and how you grow your food, right? So this was just an ongoing interest and fascination for me, but not something I necessarily thought I would do um, in my professional career. <clears throat> and yeah, um, after finishing school or uni, I was already together with my husband and then he got an offer from his employer to move to the Dubai office. And uh, we had always said, okay, we'd like to live abroad somewhere for a while, you know, to have that experience. So we said, okay, let's go and I tag along. Um, and then coming here, uh, first I found a job as an, yeah, as an account manager for like a training and consultancy company. So it liaised with clients and it was very much about transforming their culture and, and things like that, which was fun and enjoyable, but I still had this, this itch about, okay, agriculture is so interesting. And then especially being in Dubai or the UAE. At the same time, I was learning about things like aquaponics, hydroponics, and indoor farming as well, you know, in a controlled environment and a lot of development going on in that area. And I thought, you know, I don't know if that always makes sense if you're in a very fertile country, but in a country like this, this makes a lot of sense uh, because it would allow you to grow locally and you, know, you should be closer to, to your end market and, you know, you don't have to fly stuff in all the time. Um, but I really wanted to do it like from a sustainability perspective, like how could we do this as sustainably as possible? And I started looking around, like, is there maybe a project I can join or a company? And I wasn't, there were some things going on, but nothing that I thought was 
like I would have liked to do it. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> and also, um, why don't I just see if I can start something myself? Um, and yeah, then I started researching more, doing a course, and then started talking to chefs because I figured like, okay, let me understand the market a bit more first. Like, what are the things they they use or are hard to get for them or they have issues with, et cetera? And looking at what are other small farms doing across the world. And this is sort of how I, I landed on like these specialty products like microgreens and edible flowers because, well, first of all, it's quite fun to grow flowers because it looks beautiful. But also it was something that was not as available as a lot of the chefs would have liked. And it's a very fragile product. So if it gets grown in the Netherlands or France or whatever, it has to be flown in by airplane, you know, because it has to get it quick because the shelf life is limited. And then even then, you know, it, it might stay out in the heat for a while. So often by the time it would reach the chef, if they could get it all, it was not good. So um thought, okay, took that piece of information and and everything I'd learned about aquaponics and hydroponics and took the plunge and looked for property and like there was so much learning and so many ups and downs to overcome, but we just found this one space and like a sort of old farm that was kind of falling apart and we we fixed it up on the inside and then started building the first racks, basically. Um, like the team my mom and dad were visiting or came out to help. My dad's an engineer, so he's helping me like put the racks together, do the wiring. It was really hands-on. And then I continued doing some of that after he left and had friends come in and help and 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 started from there. So in the beginning, it was really me doing everything from literally constructing the racks, growing the stuff, you know, working on the logistics, getting stuff in that we need, working on all the paperwork and doing the deliveries and building relationships to the chef, with the chefs. And that was five years ago and now, and now we're a team of 13 people um, doing all that at a bigger scale and better than <laughs> when I started. So that is sort of the journey that I've been on for the last years. And what, what an amazing, absolutely amazing, unique and wonderful journey. Um, you know, I love the bit when you said, you know, you're sort of hands on and it, it's just your passion kind of really um, flows through your description of, of how it kind of led onto this. What really, what really sort of um, excites you? What really um, inspired you to really get into this field? Because I can see, you know, from the way you're speaking that this is this is your passion you know this is something that you're putting your heart and soul into it so what was the you know the, the inspiration behind it that is a very good question and it is interesting like as you're asking it and I'm thinking about it I think it does evolve like I think when I started and it still is very much like I truly believe that how we grow our food has such major impact on um, so much, like, like I said, on, it's just from a sustainability perspective, like how are we using our resources? Um, farming can almost be like generated, uh, generative. Like if you produce soil that can actually, um, you know, good soil functions as a, 
as a carbon storage, basically. If you are smart about your water, it can really help alleviate some of the water issues. Like how you farm has so like so many different ways of impacting the planet we live on. And then also I feel it can impact our our health. Like um, we're completely committed to not using any pesticide. Like we use organic methods of control, but no pesticides. So not only does that help um, in in you know not having a negative effect on the worldwide insect population, which you I don't know if you're aware, but has dipped a lot, which is mostly due they think to agricultural pesticides being used. So we don't use that. But on the other hand, it also means you what you get on your plate is clean. So for me, how you produce your food, it's just so multifaceted how it it influences the planet, the nature, um, the climate, and our health. And I just find that fascinating, um, how we can contribute to that. And that's not always easy because, of course, you know, you need to also run a business that works and then take care of your people, etc. And I think that has also been the evolution. Like, when I really started, it, it was really pure, not purely, but really more about this, the how can we grow as sustainably as possible? And then um, building these relationships with the chefs. And like I said, always, I, I mean, I also love to cook and, and eat and stuff, but it's, you know, more as a home cook. But then seeing the, the creativity of these chefs and, and that, you know, um, so you develop your passion for and the culinary scene here and how it's been developing and being able to support the chefs with your products and bringing them something interesting to work with. And then also you build a team. So how can I take care of my team? How can I maybe spark their interest in this topic? So it's not, you know, they feel it too. And also how can I take care of them so they can take care of their families and they can learn and grow as people. So as the organization grows, it also grows your perspective, I think, and, and the areas you see you can make a contribution in. Yeah. I think it's so wonderful, um, you know, especially seeing that it's your passion and, and the reason for inspiration and all of that kind of comes together holistically um, and allows you to make a positive impact. You know, when you talked mm -hmm. about it sort of affecting ecosystems in ecology and, you know, being mm -hmm. um, herbicide or insecticide free, um, that is just so important because that, again, has a positive impact on us as humans, but also um, when you talked about the populations within the ecosystems, um, mm -hmm. it sort of has a positive impact. And it's just so lovely and so wonderful to, you know, hear a business um, owner sort of taking that into account from a prospect of sustainability, conservation, care for the environment, um, as well as sort of your dreams are having a positive impact. You know, it's sort of changing, changing, I would say, the world in, 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 in steps, <laughs> in steps for the better. Yeah. And, and a very inspiring, inspiring. Um, Dubai is known as the city of dreams. Uh, yes. And uh, so I wanted to ask, what are the challenges and opportunities of running such a venture in Dubai? Um, that's a good question. Um, so I think, well, the first challenge, I think, is 
um obviously the climb like we're a, a growing we, we're a farming company um and the climate here and ecosystem is not necessarily conducive to producing um growing things right or part of the year it's okay but even like if we look at the soils we have here it's sand etc but also because of that there is not as much of an agricultural ecosystem like if i compare it to uh and it it has been developing to be fair i feel even because now um or now there's been this agenda of um food security right like the UAE doesn't want to be so dependent on imports all the time because it's also a matter of, of security in times of, of need that we have our own local food production uh, and we're not just depending on transport, etc. Like what was clear during COVID, suddenly it became much harder to bring all this stuff in that we are we're used to bringing in. And, and luckily, we have had very limited problems here in the UAE. I mean, I didn't personally notice anything at all. But especially for chefs, it was much more challenging because of the more challenging logistics. But anyway, so <laughs> um, this agenda of food security has, I think, driven agricultural developments more. But it's also anything that supports the actual farmer. So if that's, um, you know, organic manures or fertilizers or um, even pots and to grow stuff in to certain technologies to certain organic control methods to seeds to everything you can think of that you would need to run a farm so like if i compare it to the netherlands which has a very rich agricultural tradition there are so many companies that support the farming companies uh, and there's so much availability of all kinds of things now here that is still much more limited because the agricultural industry is not as big but I think even in the five years we've I've run this company, we've already seen a lot going on because this industry is really developing here. So I think that's a very positive trend. But because of that, some of the things we wanted to do took a little longer. Like, for example, um, one of the organic control methods we, we use is like beneficial insects. So that was something I wanted to do from the beginning. But at first, um, there there was nobody uh, facilitating the import of these beneficial insects. So these are bred specifically in a clean way to be released in greenhouses to help control negative uh, insect populations. But now there is there are companies that that bring these insects in and you can work with and advise you on. So that that is, I think, one of the first challenges. <laughs> um, but it has been a challenge that has developed positively, like. I can see it getting better and better. Um, the second, I think in general, just starting a company in a new country you don't know that well is always a bit challenging, like figuring out the rules and the paperwork and who to talk to and what do I have to get organized. Um, and even that, like, I think for a foreigner trying to start a business Dubai is relatively easy and it's only gotten easier. Like if I see, even for me compared to five years ago, um, now it's already so much easier to get certain licenses and approvals and information. Um, so that, and then, so that's, it's, many of these challenges are also opportunities. Like I said, the agricultural industry was limited, but because of that, it's also an opportunity if you're in 
And maybe because I am from the Netherlands, you would know certain suppliers you can work with or can find access suppliers a bit easier that you can then import stuff from. And then uh, see also enjoy this development of the agricultural system here. And then the same for the culinary scene. I think Dubai is like you have so many people from so many different cultures, so many cuisines, so many people who eat out a lot. <laughs> um, and also that like in the 10 years that I've been here, I've seen it develop so much. Um, and I think we started at a great, this company at a great time and we're really able to grow with some of our clients. Like some of the clients we we started working with when they were just maybe a half a year or a year old and now they're some of the best restaurants in in the UAE. So it's it's amazing to see that development. So I think the great thing about Dubai is it's constantly pushing itself and it, the people themselves are developing and pushing and getting better and and we get to be part of that as a company as well. well that's really wonderful to hear you know it sounds like you know started off with a really um interesting niche that sort of grew and grew and grew and it's a journey of success together and especially you know Dubai and the UAE um where there is a lot of access to opportunities, there's a lot of access to support and knowledge um, with the formation and the driving forth of the knowledge economy as well. Um, I think it's just so wonderful to sort of see an example in your business of that in being successful and then also the knock-on effect that it has with the with the chefs and the restaurants that you're working with and sort of seeing their growth. Um, mm. And that kind of, you know, in, in the service industry, that's really lovely to see. Um, what do you think will be the future of hydroponics farming? Um, hydroponics, yeah, so we are, we grow both hydroponically, so indoor in a controlled environment, and then outdoor in a more traditional way now. So um, it's still like protected greenhouse but it's actually directly in the soil with an organic manure and these things. So the temperature control is a bit less there, obviously. Um, so for me, I think it is a very interesting plan because the indoor vertical farming, which uses the hydroponic uh, fertilizing technique, um, like worldwide has received so much attention over the last like, 10 years. And a lot, there's also worldwide been a lot of companies and here in Dubai also that have raised like a lot of money, like tens or hundreds of millions of dollars to develop that. Um, then, but now we're seeing sort of uh, a lot of these companies coming down because they focus so much on, on technology. And in the end, you're still growing a food and um, you still have to compete with local farmers, whereas, you know, the upfront um, cost of building a vertical farm basically is really high. <laughs> so you better, you have to use that hyper efficiently to um, compare that to outdoor growing. Um, and in the end, it's still always a natural process, like as much as we try to control it, and people have become pretty good at it, but still things happen, you know, and it's a, a longer process where 
uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a living organism that's growing. So I think it's interesting. And I think if anywhere, the Middle East is the venue where um, indoor vertical hydroponic growing would is going to be the most successful because the alternative is is less there. There is less opportunity to grow in the soil, et cetera, um, throughout the year because of the climate. And also things like the government support is there and funding and electricity is, is relatively affordable here, which is a, a big driver of costs in, in indoor farming. Um, but for, so I think it, it hydroponic farming definitely, whether it's, and then indoor or outdoor definitely is a very efficient method of growing and will be around <laughs> for a long time. The indoor vertical part, I think, um, the industry will sort of sort itself out and, and the winners who are there who have an efficient technology, but are still very much focused on, okay, who are my actual customers? What actually do they want me to grow? What food do they really need? Rather than, oh, look, it looks really cool and I have all these robots, but you know, what, what are you growing? How efficiently are you really doing that? So um, that will be interesting to see. And I think for us, it is where we have this combination now of both the indoor and the outdoors is very interesting because the outdoor, it, it speaks to my heart the most, to be honest, because it's in the soil or composting. It's like the most, you are, it's the most natural in my eyes, like the most, we can be part of the natural cycle of things. Um, but yeah, through some out summer, it's, it's more difficult here. Um, and then you might, water use might be a bit higher, although we try to be as very efficient about that as well. And um, some products or some plants do really well in that environment, actually better than indoors, because they might need a lot of light, et cetera. So they make less sense to do it indoors. And some things we will always do indoors. And I think if you understand the people you're working with, what they want, and then can use different growing techniques to service them rather than focus on, okay, this is one way of growing and this is what we do. Um, I think it's always interesting to learn and explore uh, multiple things so that you can grow all the things you want to grow, basically. And all plants are different, have different requirements and might do well in different environments. So you'll might, you'll probably have to use different techniques um, if you want to grow multiple crops, basically. I don't know if that answers your question. That's a very long answer. It, 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 no, I'm fascinated, absolutely fascinated, you know, with your insights and because you're sort of so hands on and you you just so it's so interesting and so fascinating. And I'm so grateful to actually get those um insights um and they're so meaningful and in depth and I'm sure a lot of our listeners would be sort of learning from it as well now what I found quite interesting about your farm is that you also grow edible flowers which I just think is so amazing um yeah so naturally my question is what are your favorite edible flowers oh good yeah yeah I think edible flowers is really the bulk the bulk of what we do um the majority of what we do and it is really fun to grow like you come into the farm and like we have a lot of different varieties so we can chef give chefs like things to work with so for us if you like if you walk into a tomato farm you'll grow, walk into a greenhouse and it will be all tomato plants 
for us it's all flowers but we also interplant them for the you know that they can support each other for control and stuff so it's really fun to walk in and have all these different sections with different colors and smells and flavors um let me see there's a few like i really like the nasturtium flowers they're these big orange yellow sometimes they're a little pinkish but usually they're like orange tones um and they're quite big and when you eat them first you get like a bit of a sweetness because it's like the nectar uh, and then you get like a spicy cake because it's a, a like related to the watercress plant. So it really has a spicy watercress um, flavor. So I really like that one. But that's like definitely like if you're using it when cooking, um, it's a real ingredient. You know, you can't just put it anywhere willy nilly because it really affects the, the flavor of the dish. Um, another one I really like is uh, the sorrel flower. So the plant is an oxalis, but they have these very delicate little sort of pink purplish flowers. And for me, it kind of reminds me of, you know, the sweet and sour candy you would have as a kid, but like a more natural version of that. So it has like, again, the sweetness, but also this very strong tartness flavor. So it's like, yeah, the, the combination of the sweetness and the acidity hitting your tongue. I really like that one. Um, but the flower is quite delicate. And then... There's things like pansies or viola, which I think everybody loves because they're just so colorful, but then they're easier to use because they, they don't have a very strong flavor of their own. So you can use them very e easily, like sweet dishes or savory or, or wherever you want, really. So, and there's, yeah, loads, <laughs> lots of different varieties and they all have their, their own thing to add. But these are, I think, are some of the ones I, I really like. I'm absolutely amazed and you know with all the different characteristics and the depth that you've gone into um I'm really really fascinated um because it's it's not so widely known you know more so in the mainstream culture it's quite um a delicacy and I think it's just so amazing and so amazing mm -hmm. to sort of introduce this um concept on a more um on a more large scale level as you're doing um, so as as these edible flowers, they're a unique delicacy. How are they best prepared for food consumption? I mean, I'm absolutely amazed by what you're telling me. I just think it's so fan <laughs> fantastic, you know, it's yeah. incredible. Uh, and what's the best way of uh, preparing them for the food consumption? Okay, so what is important, like if you grow any of these plants in your own garden, you can use the flowers. Um, like for example pansies or stuff but you have to be a bit careful where you source from so the first thing is never buy flowers from like a flower shop and then use those because those have been grown very traditionally not for food consumption so they're often full of pesticides there's like no food safety controls all the things that we do so uh, make sure you know where you're getting your flowers from I would say is the fir the first thing um, or even when you're foraging, so depending, like in Dubai, I guess it would be limited. Or if you have, you grow stuff in your own garden from seed, you, and you know how you've grown it, you can use it. Like, and I would just rinse them off under some clear water and pick them as closely to your time of use as possible. <laughs> so they stay fresh because it is a delicate product. Um, and then, but you can usually 
depending on how you grow them, store them in the fridge, depending on which variety it is for up, up to a week. Um, if you keep them in like a closed container, but yes, it depends a bit on which variety. So most of us, we use the flowers fresh, so decorative. So you would add it to the dish at the last moment, um, usually on top. Um, <clears throat> but you can use them in salads. Uh, you can use them um, on like desserts to give them that pop of color or things like nasturtium because of its spiciness. Sometimes people chop it and mix it up in a butter and that's great with steak, for example. Um, uh, so yeah, there's there's all kinds of different ways you can can use these flowers depending on which variety you're working with. Does that that's, sort of answer your question? Yeah, that's <laughs> really wonderful. You know, you 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 really know this in depth. You know, an expert in this, and just so uh, I'm mesmerized. I'm really mesmerized <laughs> by this interview and sort of um, listening to to sort of you know your insights into. It. I just think it's so fascinating. Um, and with all the wonderful work that you do, how do you incorporate the ethos of uh, sustainability in your farm? Um, yeah, that's a very good question. And that is also, I think, a constant challenge. Like, how do we do that the best we can to our abilities while still running a business, etc. So I think the most important that was also now as we grow as a company, more people come in and not everybody automatically subscribes to the same ethos, right? So the first thing is like, how can we get everybody on board and understanding why this is so important, <laughs> the sustainability ethos. So yeah, I think it comes through in our in most of our policies and how we sort of evaluate every decision we make. So um, our choice for not using any chemical, and we 100% like do not do that. Like it's not, it's like something we really... <laughs> Uh, it's important that we actually do what we say we do. Um, so not using chemical pesticides, thinking about um, our waste management, thinking about how can we, how do we use our water or our energy and, you know, give the plants the most they need, but what, what can we do to make it better? And it's, I think it's more than getting it all right straight away. It's about constantly asking okay, how can we do it a little bit better now? How can we learn and improve this a little bit more in the right direction? So I think that is the most important is that we're always willing to learn and change and improve and think about these things. Absolutely. I think it's it's so lovely you know, in terms of this, um, which sort of implying with this connection between people and the land and, and the environment. I think... You know, we're all kind of connected in a way, um, certainly with each other, with the land and the environment around us. You talked about the oceans as well. So uh, with planet Earth, essentially, um, and, you know, our actions have consequences, whether we're consuming or whether we're producing. Um, and it's so lovely to hear, you know, from yourself when you talk about earlier about the impacts that it's had on certain populations within ecosystems and what you're kind of doing to sort of um, be as sustainable or as con or focusing on con conservation through through the methods where you're sort of you know not utilizing certain products which could be harmful to the environment and to humans. So I think it's wonderful. And you sort of talking about the different 
ideas of su sustainability and getting everybody on board um because there there are unique perspectives you know even if we're talking looking at the broader picture of indigenous sustainability or whether we're kind of looking at um you know perspectives of technology sort of developing our ideas and where that would lead us so coming on to the future now what does the future hold for you and your farm um so the future i think our future we would like to expand further and be able to grow more varieties and even more different things than we grow now like um we grow quite a lot of different species but i still have like this huge wish list of all these cool edible flowers and varieties that um, i'm sure chefs would love or would bring something extra um that we don't have the space for now yet <laughs> um and, and grow the team with that and also yeah to keep pushing ourselves and improving like i said i still have so many um, oh, we as a team also and that's like as you grow with more people and like you said more perspectives more ideas like we still have so many ideas uh, on how to improve how we're growing like um, things we can do in the future to really become a net like a positive contributor to our environment um and and some things will take time or as technologies develop, we'll be able to adopt them more. But, uh, you know, I feel we're only at a, like maybe 20% or 25% of our journey of where we could go, uh, maybe even less. So it, I'm really looking forward to that with the rest of the team and see how everybody develops and push our organization to the next level, both from, you know, pushing the envelope on sustainable growing and in terms of the product and variety we can offer to the culinary scene here in the UAE.